may be seated at all of our locations. It is a honor, it is a treat, it is a, uh, a delight to be here at this amazing church uh, where God is just on the move at all the campuses and just finished out revival, all the lives that are being changed. And I don't know if you realize this, but you're known Life Point Church across America and the world, what God is doing here. Uh, it's just simply amazing. It's not normal, the move of God that's happening. Come on, you just finished out Revival Week and you just kind of nonchalantly go, 163 people. I mean, just, just, you know, that's just what we do. That's not normal. God is on the move and it's just an honor to be in this great church, and I truly, sincerely love your pastors, Pastor Daniel and Pastor Tammy, and just their heart for God, uh, their humility, their integrity, their commitment to the Word of God, their commitment to family, their commitment to you. Do you realize that you're under phenomenal, anointed, blessed leadership? I honor you all today. I love you. You're incredible leaders. What a gift you are to the body of Christ. What a gift you are to the church. What a gift you are to pastors and leaders. We honor you, love you. Thank you for letting me partner with you today. Well, before I preach God's word, I just have to let you know I do have a better part of my life and that's my wife and my kids. I think you may have a picture of my wife and kids. Um, my, my, my wife and I, we've been married. This year's a big year. Our church turned 20 years old this year. Um, my oldest son on the far left, he is going off to college. We're taking him to Florida uh, to college uh, this week. And then my wife and I, this year we be we'll be married for 25 years. So it's a big year. It's a really, really big year. And those are our four kids. We've got four teenagers. At one time we had four kids four and under. Yeah, all of you not making noise is because you don't have any kids. Four kids, four and under, you know, and uh, pray for me, church. My, my, my wife can't keep her hands off this dark chocolate. I need prayer. If you could just, you could, I'm going to get into God's word now, but I could, I could use your prayers. I, I want to speak for a few moments from, from this thought. This is keeping you from your dream. This right here is keeping you from your dream. And one of the things that I so love about this house and love just about Life Point Church is just the move of the Holy Spirit, that, that you're, you're open to just the Holy Spirit working in the hearts and lives of people. The Holy Spirit, there's, there's God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. We call it the, the Trinity. And, and the scripture says at the very moment you give your life to Jesus Christ, at, at the very moment the scripture calls it being born again, being regenerated. At that very moment, Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 13 says that you're sealed with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit comes to live inside of you at the very moment you give your life to Jesus Christ. And then it says 
something else very interesting in Ephesians chapter 5 and verse number 18 says that Christians, Christ followers, should be continually filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. So at salvation, you're sealed with the Holy Spirit, but then you can be filled with the Holy Spirit again and again and again and again. And it's so important that you and I are just continually filled with the power of the Holy Spirit so that we can be a witness, so that we can exude the fruit of the Holy Spirit, so that we can be used in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, so that we can live a holy and a pure life. We need to be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. And yet one of the benefits that can be easily overlooked about being filled with the power of the Holy Spirit is this. We need to be filled continually so that we know God's dream and vision for our life and so that we live out God's dream and vision for our life. People full of the Holy Spirit are full of dreams and visions from God. That's what I want to talk to you about today. Just jot that down. People full of the Holy Spirit are full of dreams and visions from God. The scripture says in Acts chapter 2 and verse 17 and 18, in the last days, do you believe we're living in the last days? I just think we might be. God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. I love how the Bible says God will pour out his spirit on all people. God's going to pour out his spirit. He's doing it today. He's pouring it out on both men and women. God is pouring out his spirit on all people. And then it says something so interesting that he gives visions and dreams to both the young and the old. So, so if you're young, if you're a teenager, if you're a young adult, I want you to know that God is pouring out his spirit on your life. God's not waiting to use you. He wants to use you right now in your school, in your neighborhood. He wants to use you at the ball team. God wants to use you right now. God's hand is on you. You're a world changer, young person. You're a history maker. God's hand is on. He's pouring out his spirit Come on, aren't you glad that you're a part of a church that believes in the next generation? Come on, you had over 300 kids at co kids' conference. You had over 400 students at, at youth conference. Come on, you come on, are you thanking God that you're a part of a church? I love this church about the next generation. A and the scripture goes on to say that your old men, your old women will dream dreams. Now, I have to let you know, I, I haven't, I'm not quite sure if I'm in the young club or the old club. And I'm not going to let you decide for me today. I, I, I'll figure it out later. 
But I do want you to know that if you are older and maybe you feel like, well, this is for the young people and they're going to change the world and they're going to serve on the dream team. And that was awesome about small groups, but, but that's really for the younger people. I'm, I'm, I'm just kind of on cruise control. That's for somebody else. God, God's not going to use me any longer. No, 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 no. No matter your age, God is pouring out his spirit on all flesh. God wants to use you. Maybe you're 99. The reason there's breath still in your body is because God is not done with you. He still has a dream for your life. Listen, in the kingdom of God, you do not retire. You refire. You might retire from your job. You might retire from your career, but you never retire from the kingdom of God. And God has a dream for your life. He wants to use your life in a powerful way. God pours out his spirit on all flesh because God has a dream and a vision for our lives. Great things always begin with a dream, with a vision from God. I remember growing up in a little small town in Oklahoma called Wewoka, Oklahoma. Anybody ever been to Oklahoma before at our locations? Okay, that way, good, good, good. Who knows where Wewoka is? Well, let me help you. It's by Walika, Watumka, Sasakwa, Holdenville, Seminole, Bowlegs, and New Lima. Now who knows where it is? <laughs> well, I grew up in a little small town, 3,000 3, or so people. And I gave my life to Christ at a football locker room through Fellowship of Christian Athletes. I became a Christ follower. And at the age of 17, I preached my first sermon to our youth group. And I remember being on the front porch. I was supposed to be mowing the grass. And there were two ledges. There was a ledge that came out on the front porch on this side and then another ledge on this side. And then there were stairs that went up to the front porch. And one day I was standing out on the ledge at 18. The Oklahoma wind was blowing and the grass was swaying. And I began to preach to the grass. Tears were coming down my face. And I have a vision from God because as I was preaching to the grass, I just saw people coming to Christ. I saw myself in this little small town of 3,000 preaching to thousands of people. I saw people coming to faith in Christ. People's church did not start 20 years ago. It started 18 years old preaching to the grass because every great move of God always begins with a vision. It always begins with a dream. The move of God for your family begins with the vision. It begins with a dream, the move of God for your kids and grandkids. It begins with a dream. It begins with a vision, the move of God in your company, at your workplace, in your school, in your business. It begins with a vision. It begins with a dream. Every great move of God always begins with a dream. It begins with a vision from God. And what I want to do the next few moments is I want to look at a dreamer in the Bible. And, and the dreamer's name that I want to focus in on today, his name is Joseph. And, and the scripture says this about this dreamer named Joseph in Genesis 37 and verse number five, it says, Joseph 
had a dream. Come on at all of our locations. Everybody shout dream. Yeah, jo Joseph had a dream, and when he told it to his brothers, they hated him all the more. God gave Joseph a dream for his life. And it's so vital that you and I have a dream from God for our life. Because if we don't have God's dream for our life, that means we're following our dream for our life. And whenever we follow our dream for our life, things never turn out well. And that's why the scripture says in Proverbs 29 and verse 18, when people do not accept divine guidance. They run wild, but whoever obeys the law is joyful. Another translation says where there is no vision, people perish. When you don't have God's dream, when you don't have God's vision for your life, the scripture says you'll perish, you'll, you'll run aimlessly, you'll run wild. We all desperately need God's vision for our life. You need God's vision for your dating. You need God's vision for your marriage. You don't want to follow your vision. You, you, you need God's vision for your parenting. You, you, you need God's vision for, for what he wants you to do at school this year. You, you, you need God's vision at your job. You, you, you need God's vision, God's dream, God's guidance, divine guidance, not just natural guidance for your life. And, and the interesting thing about Joseph is Joseph had a dream from God. God gave him a dream. And yet he went through obstacle and then another obstacle and then another obstacle and then another obstacle and then another obstacle. He went through so many obstacles before he ever saw the dream come to pass. And I feel like I'm on assignment today. My first assignment is I believe that God's going to give somebody a dream today. He's going to give somebody a vision today. He's going to resurrect a dead dream today. He's going to bring dreams alive again that you thought they're not going to happen. I'm too old. I've been through too much. I've messed up too bad. God's going to, he's going to birth dreams again. But, but then I'm on a second assignment today, and that is this. Some of you have dream. You have this vision from God, and you've been going through obstacle after obstacle, and you're wondering, will it ever happen? And today, I want to help you understand the obstacles that you have to face to get to your dream. I want to give you five obstacles that stand in between you and your dream and somebody's going to get victory today and you're going to see that dream come to pass. Five obstacles that stand between you and your dream from the life of Joseph. Number one is this, as your pastor always says, he's one of my favorite preachers to listen to. Take some notes today. And for all of you that don't take notes, I'm going to set like your pastor. Take notes today. <laughs> Number one is this. Details stand between you and your dream. So, so when God gives a dream, he rarely gives you all the details, if any. Joseph had this huge dream from God. That one day he was going to be a ruler. He was going to be a leader. He was going to be so powerful. He would even rule and reign over his own family. He has a humongous dream, but the problem is he doesn't know when. He doesn't know where. He doesn't know how. 
He has a dream from God, but he doesn't have any details at all. And that's how God oftentimes works in our lives. He gives us a dream, but doesn't give us any details. And this took me years to really understand as a follower of Jesus. What I'm about to teach you for a few moments took me years to, to grasp, and that is this. God doesn't give you all the details, but he will always give you the next step. Step. Come on, everybody just shout, step. Step. Yeah, yeah, let, let me just show this to you. I want to teach this to you. I want to help somebody with this big dream from God. And you're wondering what to do. Take the next step. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 9 says, we make our plans, but the Lord determines our steps. The Lord determines our steps. He'll always show you the next step. Psalm chapter 17, verse 5. My steps have stayed on your path. I have not wavered from following you to see God's dream come to pass you have to stay on God's path you need divine guidance not just natural guidance Job 23 verse 11 my feet have closely followed his steps I have kept to his way without turning aside and you need to closely follow God's lead God's steps for your life that's why you got to stay close to God that's why, that's why revival nights, whenever you have something like that, be there. Because, man, you need to stay close to God. That, that, that's why 21 days of prayer and fasting in January cannot be optional. Because you need to be close to God. That's why being in a small group that's launching at the end of the month, why you got to be in a small group. Why, why Pastor? Because you don't want natural guidance for your life. You need divine guidance for your life. That's why having your student at the youth event that's coming up in the, every first Wednesday, having your student here growing in their faith that you're located is so, so critical. Why? Because you want your student to have divine guidance. Psalm chapter 119 verse 133 says, guide my steps by your word so I will not be overcome by evil. Guide, guide my steps by how? By through your Word. You need the word of God if you're going to follow God's steps for your life. That's why praying and reading your Bible every day matters. That's why you got to be in the house of God in church every single Sunday that you can. Why? Because you need the word of God. That's why you got to have your kids in kids' church every single Sunday. Why? Because they need the word of God to lead them to guide their steps. How many know that the world is giving us all of their thoughts and all of their wisdom? And all of their guidance and we got to counteract what the world is saying with what the word is saying and that's why we got to be in church and hear the preaching of the word of God so we can follow his steps Jeremiah chapter 10 verse 23 Lord I know that people's lives are not their own it is not for them to direct their steps don't direct your own steps it's over and over and over again in the Bible, God leads us with steps. Let me share one more verse with you. Psalm chapter 37, verse 23. The steps of a good man, a good woman, are ordered of the Lord. 
and he delights in his way. The steps. But oftentimes what happens is we're not so focused on what God is trying to lead us to take as re in regards to the next step. We want to know what's going to happen in December. God, I'll follow you, but you see this economy. You see those gas prices. Talk to a brother about 2023. And I might move forward if I, you can show me 2024. God's like, no, it's not about 2024. It's not about 2023. It's not about December. I've given you a vision. I've given you a dream. I've poured out my spirit. I want to use your life. And what I want you to do is take the next Take the next step. Number two is this. Number two is this. A second obstacle that stands in between you and your dream is adversity stands between you and the dream that God has given you. When you study the life of Joseph, you quickly find out that adversity stood in between him and his God-given dream. In Genesis chapter 37, he was sold into slavery by his own brothers. In Genesis chapter 39, he ends up in Egypt in Potiphar's home, and he was falsely accused of rape and thrown into the prison. In Genesis chapter number 40, the chief cupbearer forgets all about Joseph in the prison. It was 13 years of adversity before he ever began to see his dream come to pass. And I just want to say to somebody that has a dream from God and you're facing adversity, don't let adversity stop you from moving forward and pursuing the dream that God has put in your heart. Don't think you're going, that you're out of the will of God just because things are hard. Sometimes you're in the smack dab middle of God's will and you're going through one of the most difficult trials of your life. You just gotta stay faithful to Jesus. I think about my own life. There's always been adversity as I pursued the dream that God has laid in my heart. I remember leaving, we woke and headed off to college being the first person in my immediate family to get a college education it was challenging it was difficult but it was worth it I think about traveling full-time when I graduated college I, I was a traveling speaker and an evangelist and and I remember there were difficult days there was adversity it was worth it but it was challenging times I remember starting people's church my wife and I 20 years ago it hasn't always been easy it hasn't always been downhill there's been some difficult days there's been some uphill seasons there's been some challenges it's been worth it but adversity has always stood in between me and the destiny that God has for my life there, there's a third obstacle that I want us to see today and that is temptation stands between you and your dream I want us to read some verses out of this story in Genesis chapter 39 and verse 6, Joseph is in Potiphar's house. He is overseeing things in the house. And the scripture says this about Joseph in verse number 6. So he left in Joseph's care everything he had. With Joseph in charge, he did not concern himself with anything except the food he ate. Now Joseph was well built and handsome. How many of you men would say that you're, let me keep moving along. 
Verse 7 says, and after a while, his master's wife took notice of Joseph because whenever you're walking with God and pursuing God's dream, the enemy will always take notice of you and said, come to bed with me. I call this the direct approach. She didn't say, let's get a latte together. She didn't say, sit down, young fellow, let me hear a little bit about your family. She didn't say, let me make you some ribs. She said, come to bed with me. But verse 8 says, but he refused. With me in charge, he told her, my master does not concern himself with anything in the house. Everything he owns, he has entrusted to my care. No one is greater in this house than I am. My master has withheld nothing from me except you because you are his wife. How then could I do such a wicked thing and sin against God? Because every time we sin is not really about people. It's sinning against God. Verse 10 says, and though she spoke to Joseph day after day, and temptation will come your way day after day. You're pursuing the dream of God. You're pursuing the vision of God no matter how much you pray, no matter how much you read the Bible, no matter how much you love God, temptation will come your way Day after day. But notice what it goes on to say. He refused to go to bed with her or even be with her. He didn't even entertain it. He didn't text her. How are you doing today? Any prayer requests? (laughs) He didn't jump into her social DMs. Just wanted to give a hallelujah praise support and just check on you today. No. No, no. He didn't even entertain it. Verse 11 says, one day he went into the house to attend his duties and none of the household servants was inside. She caught him by his cloak and said, come to bed with me. But he left his cloak in her hand and ran out of the house. And whenever there's a dream and vision on your heart from God, temptation will always stand in between you and your dream. And life point... There's a dream on this house. There's a dream on your life. And some of you are flirting with the dream. You're flirting with the temptation. You're, you're, you're messing around with the temptation. You're, some of you are asking the question, how close can I get to the edge? And that's the wrong question. Because the dream on your life, the vision on your life is too powerful, is too strong to be playing around with sin. The only and right and proper way to respond to the temptation is just like Joseph responded. (laughs) Run! Because the dream and the vision on your life is too big. Don't compromise. Don't give in. Don't sin. Don't do what the world does. God's hand is on your life. Run. The dream is too big. I wonder what would have happened to Joseph if he would have gave in. 
Number four is this. Number four is this. Selfishness stands between you and your dream. In Genesis chapter 50, the dream has now come to pass. Joseph is the second in charge of Egypt. There's been a famine in, his, in the land, and before the famine happened, there were good years, and Joseph stowed a lot of grain and food away. And during this famine, the surrounding areas needed food, and they were coming to Egypt and Joseph for food. His brothers came. He took care of them. He ended up moving his brother, his dad, all the family to live there with him. And then this powerful verse about Joseph and his brothers just jumps off the page in Genesis 50 and verse 20. Joseph said to his brothers, you intended to harm me. You no good dogs. You punks. That, that's not what he said. You intended to harm me and I got you where I want you. I'm going to kill all of y'all. That's not what he said either. He said, you intended to harm me. I want you to notice two words, but God. Brothers, this has never been about me. It's always been about God. Now that I got the power, now that I have the influence, now that the dream is happening, I'm not making this about me. It's always been about God. You intended to harm me, but God, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. God's dream for your life is always connected to his purpose not your purpose. God's dream for your life is always about his glory, not your glory. God's dream includes you and me, but it's not about you and me. God's dream is always about the saving of many lives and God wants to give some of you incredible wisdom and insight on solving complex problems in this area in this in this state in this nation in this world we have some complex problems and God wants to give you incredible wisdom and insight to solve some of them but it's not for your glory it's for the saving of many lives God wants some of you to be an incredible leader a leader in your church he he wants you to rise up in leadership. He wants you to be a leader in your career and, and a leader in the, in the state and a leader in the, in the nation, a leader in the world. God has some of that on your life. There's a dream and a vision, but it's not about you. It's about the saving of many lives. God wants some of you to be a powerful athlete. He wants you to be an incredible athlete, but it's not for your glory. It's for his glory. God wants some of you to make millions and millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars but it's not that you would leverage every penny on you 
is that you would understand I'm, a, I, I'm just a conduit for God to flow through so I could see the saving of many lives in this region through my church, through national missions, through, through, through international missions. God, this dream is not about me. It's about the saving of many lives, the saving of many lives. And God, 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 when I start to see the dream happening, when I have the influence, when I have the power, when I have the money, when I'm the leader in the church, when, when you've opened the doors, I'm not gonna make it about me. I'm not gonna get even. I'm not gonna get in the flesh. I'm gonna remember, but God, and you brought the dream to pass, not just for me. You brought it to pass for the saving of many lives. Number five is this. Haters stand between you and your dream. Genesis chapter 37 verse 17 says, So Joseph went after his brothers and found them near Dothan, but they saw him in the distance, and before he reached them, they plotted to kill him. His own flesh and blood wanted to kill him because of his dream. Not everybody in your inner circle wants to see your dream come to pass. He goes on to say in verse 19, Genesis 37, here comes that dreamer, they said to each other. That's a prayer I have for Life Point Church. I have, my prayer is that you would be so full of dreams and visions that people at your workplace, people at your school, people in the neighborhood would say, here they come again, all them dreams they got, all that vision they got, always talking about the best is yet to come, always talking about there's hope, always talking about God is getting ready to do it. Here comes that dreamer full of the Holy Ghost and power. Here they come again. Verse 20 says, come now, let's kill him and throw him into one of these cisterns and say that a ferocious animal devoured him. Then he'll, we'll see what comes of his dreams. When Reuben heard this, he tried to rescue him from their hands. Let's not take his life, he said. Don't shed any blood. Throw him into this cistern, cistern here in the desert, but don't lay a hand on him. Reuben said this to rescue. Everybody shout rescue. He said this to rescue him from them and to take him back to his father. All of Joseph's brothers wanted to kill him except for Reuben. And Reuben said, I want to keep the dreamer alive. Today, I'm somebody's Reuben. And God sent me here to keep the dream alive. God's going to use you. He's going to do what he said. God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should change his mind. He gave you that vision. He gave you that dream. I know you're facing obstacles. I know you're facing adversity. Don't you dare quit. Don't you quit. Don't you quit. It's bigger than you. You better not quit because that dream is about your children. You better not quit. That dream is about your grandchildren. You better not quit. That dream is 
about your church that's in revival and God needs you. Don't you quit that dream. It's about your business that's getting ready to get millions and millions of dollars for the kingdom of God. Don't you quit, young person. That dream's about your friends at your school getting saved. It's about the saving of many lives. Don't you quit. I'm here to keep the dreamer alive. I know you've taken a licking, but keep on ticking. You've lost some battles, but you're not going to lose the war. You're tired, but you're not done. You're injured, but you're not dead. You've got to keep going. The dream is too big. God has poured out his spirit on all flesh so that you would have visions and dreams, and he wants to bring them to pass. I'm here today. There's somebody's dream that's getting resurrected today. There's somebody today that came here without a dream and God is dropping a dream in your heart today. Heavenly Father, I thank you right now. The dreams are coming alive. I thank you right now for pouring out your spirit on all flesh in every location, God. Resurrect their dreams. Give people a dream and a vision from God Almighty. God, I thank you that this church is in revival and God pour your spirit out on your people to see the saving of many lives in Jesus. Jesus name we pray amen and amen thanks for joining us for today's message feel free to rate review and share with a friend if you'd like to find out how you can get involved or partner with us financially visit lifepoint.org or download the lifepoint app thank you for your generosity we can do so much more together than we ever could apart see you soon